Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. The following is a presentation of the Four Center podcast feed. From the center of the galaxy, this is the Four Center Podcast Feed. I'm Ken Napsa. 
And I'm Joseph Scrimshaw, and this is one of our News and Cues episodes. The Cues stands for questions, and the News stands for news, because it's the whole world, whole word news. Whole world, whole world news. Did, did I tell you that, Ken? We're not just covering Star Wars anymore. Now <laughs> it's the Global News Report. What, what if, yeah, you know, what if we just, Force Center became Life Center? What if we just covered it all? <laughs> Life Center sounds like uh, you and I are going to do an audio-only version of some sort of a yoga retreat. Uh, which we all might need after the Star Wars news again this week. <laughs> We're going to get to all of that, including some great questions that, oh my gosh, had me not only just making detailed notes, but changing them. It's a good it's a good question if you can get me to go back and go, no, that's not the answer. That's not the answer. So uh, <laughs> that's coming up shortly. But we want to remind you today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash force center. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. As always, a little bit later, one of our force center recommends an audiobook we think you should try out on us. And Joseph, that's not all. That is not all. We also have another great offer from Insight Editions. Uh, They're a publisher of a ton of great Star Wars books. They are offering 35% off across their website with a special Force Center code. You can get the discount by entering the coupon code FC35, or you can visit the website with this link, insighteditions.com slash discount slash FC35. I love this offer because I get to say slash a bunch. It's very, very fun. Uh, <laughs> this week, we are recommending this specific Inside Edition Star Wars book. I have so much fun checking out all the different books they have. This one is the complete Marvel Comics covers mini book. So it's this little mini book uh, that is all of the, uh, or not all of, but a bunch of the early uh, 1970s, 1980s Marvel comic covers. And I just love those because they're at that time where Star Wars itself looked visually really different. Uh, it's this amazing space fantasy. But some of those covers are just like kind of great uh, mixture of Star Wars space fantasy and generic weird uh, science fiction, lightsabers, strange colors for no reason. I just mm-hmm. love how wild those uh, days of those early covers are. Uh, I love them indeed. And, and as a, as a kid kind of reading those, but not knowing what I was reading, they scared me and confused me and <laughs> pulled me more into the Star Wars universe. So that's a great book to check out. Mommy, why is there a giant bunny in Star Wars? Yes. A not question all children have to ask. <laughs> so anyway, you can check out the complete Marvel Comics covers, mini book, or any other great Insight Edition Star Wars book uh, with the code FC35. Do so, do so, do so. FC35 and audibletrial.com slash Force Center. We love giving you deals for being loyal Force Center listeners. Uh, We uh, always like to catch up on Star Wars or life adventures. And uh, this uh, past uh, week with America's favorite holiday, uh, Valentine's Day, uh, just unilaterally, just a loved holiday, uh, right? Uh, (laughs) Keeping a lot of things going on, uh, a lot of things in life. Um, uh, Did you find time for a, a, a deep breath, a sigh, and any kind of fun, Joseph? I, I did kind of. Uh, yeah, this week was an extremely stressful week in Star Wars land, in uh, Life Center land. Lots of stressful stuff going on, yeah. I know, for everyone dealing with uh, everything we are in the world, but obviously here in America, a lot of turmoil. Uh, so it was a stressful week, to be perfectly honest. But on Sunday, I had an online show with my friends, uh, The Double Clicks, a comedy variety scavenger hunt show. We had a bunch of uh, friends, entertainers uh, from different uh, walks of entertainment, as it were, do this fun scavenger hunt. So it's about like a 90-minute online comedy variety show. It's the kind of show 
that I really love doing live because when you do a variety show, you get the thrill of being a performer and you get the thrill of being an audience member where <laughs> when you're not on, you're sitting there watching your friends be really funny and charming. And, you know, it was exactly what I needed. The show went really well. You know, everybody in the comments was really happy to be there. Um, I did uh, a, a short bit about uh, that was Star Wars related and then an, another longer uh, comedy story about bears. Uh, but the Star Wars thing, I dug up these uh, Valentine's cards I got back in uh, 2018, the last Jedi ones that are just, they're so great. They're so silly and weird. Um, BB-8 just says, uh, I'm your astromech friend, just really putting up that wall of, <laughs> uh, yes, this is a Valentine's card from BB-8, but only interested in friendship. Uh, <laughs> and my favorite card is there's a first order executioner trooper, which is already weird. Like, you, yeah. you know, Star Wars has always got the, uh, the relationship of like, here's a box of chocolates with Darth Maul's face. Weird. But like right. executioner trooper, it's like... <laughs> It's right there in the name. That's just, it's a weird thing to get a Valentine from. But then the card just says, um, the first order, my Valentine. Mm. So there's, mm. there's no verb. Mm. There's no, the first order loves you. No, join the first order. You know, Kylo's is at least crush the resistance, my Valentine's. There's at least like an imperative. But right. the first order execution troopers, he's just shouting a noun. He's just like, the first order, my Valentine. Just so you know. Just, just there, just be aware it exists so uh got to do some star wars comedy got to hang out with some friends and some great audience members online and for me you know in our pre-pandemic times that was something i very much knew about myself that so used to the energy of uh you know prepare for a show uh, get nervous about the show overcome the nervousness and you know be confident and have fun and and you know do a good job and enjoy yourself and other people will have fun too that I know that that's a thing that I, that really helps me reset. And I think I've really been missing that. So that really helped me a lot this weekend. That sounds like a good weekend, sir. Yeah. Yeah. It was great. It was great. Uh, and how about, how about yourself? Did you have a moment of breath or reset or joy? <laughs> I always look, I always do when I, uh, I, I've been explaining this to Grace is when I sit down and play video games right now, um, it that's she she wouldn't agree with me that it's a form of meditation, but it is for me. Uh, where I uh, if I'm playing a baseball game and I'm managing my my franchise and on MLB the show, I I'm just drifted away. I I am taking I, oh, the world's drifted away. I'm not even concentrating on what I'm doing. I'm just almost mechanically robotically pressing the buttons I need to press. But I'm just it's just like I hear music in my mind. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I did have some moments of that hectic week work-wise, uh, life-wise, um, yeah, Star Wars community-wise, a lot of things going on. And it, we, we, we were able to slow down enough um, to celebrate the holiday. It, you know, you could be cynical about the holiday, and I, I'm quite okay with that because I'm somewhat cynical about the holiday too. But I'm not cynical about love or celebrating a, a, a good relationship that's changed two lives. And and. You know, we're, we were able to do that and, and watch uh, that Cecil Hotel documentary that everyone's um, talking about or a lot of people talk about, uh, a, a case that Grace is uh, very familiar with for their true crime and paranormal uh, uh, interests. Uh, so that was actually a very, I won't spoil it, it, a very good doc for not the reasons you'd think. It's a good commentary on uh, uh, online experts. <laughs> oh, just, wow. Yeah. Um, very good commentary. It goes that way. So we were able to do that. And and as far as like, um, I, I don't think I mentioned, but as far as like Star Wars, I, I was really weak where I, I didn't even, haven't done our Clone Wars research yet. Um, we, we did some, you know, prep for this show, but 
just um, a lot of other things going on. But I did, I want to shout out, I think it is our good pal, first rate Nate, good listener here in Force Center, gifted me the Jar Jar Binks Black Series figure, the uh, one with the shield and everything there. Uh, I went to the mailbox and that was there waiting for me. And you know what? I, number one, I just appreciate Joseph and I and Jennifer too. You know, a lot of you have over the years has gifted us figures or little fan art or just some real heartfelt letters too. And we certainly don't do this for that, but you know, Joseph, it's nice to just go to the mailbox and there's Jar Jar staring at you. Cause <laughs> that you is, podcast. <laughs> yeah, that is really great. Uh, that, that Jar Jar is to be treasured. What a great figure. That's really cool. That uh, first rate Nate sent it to you. Yeah. So that was it. That was a, uh, you know, a, a, a lot of things going on. A lot of Grace's, uh, Grace's uh, shot a horror movie towards the end of the uh, twenty. 20, uh, which was hard to do in a pandemic and the movie's starting to come out. And so we went to the screening of that at a socially distant screening. And it was nice to kind of just get out and put on a tie and some not have a beanie on. Like <laughs> have to like actually dress up. <laughs> so, uh, I hope there were some beanies on your tie though. So you still felt connected to that. Bright pink, but now I need a beanie tie. And that's <laughs> on, my list, on my list. So yeah, it was a it was a good weekend all around, all around. I hope all all of you listening out there got to find a, a moment of uh, fresh air for yourselves, literally or figuratively. Yes, fresh air for your soul, fresh air for your soul. And we're gonna go to Star Wars news, and we're gonna start with some uh, fresh air for the soul because that's Jennifer Landa, who we uh, obviously miss here on a, on a regular basis, but is definitely part of the show, part of the part of the Force Center family. And Jennifer is uh, got a new article out on StarWars.com. We just want to highlight it. We, we don't need, we're not breaking it down, talking about it. But uh, she has a great article uh, posted this past week, uh, Meet the Most Impressive Winners of the Lego Star Wars Holiday Contest. And great little piece. Jennifer got to uh, interview a lot of people who built these uh, uh, like handmade uh, uh, Lego Star Wars kind of uh, sets. And uh, one is the runner-up, and it's really impressive. It's like Bright Tree Village, but in the winter. I kind of want that. Um, but we want to highlight that. Highlight that. Uh, Jennifer does write for StarWars.com, um, has for years, uh, and uh, posted this one. And, and we're going to retweet it from the main account. It came out last week. I got to admit, I kind of missed it. Um, everything going on <laughs> in Star Wars world, like, oh, they're going, and Jennifer's uh, back there. So, uh, we want you all to check it out so we can get some traction, get some, uh, get some views and, uh, and Jennifer can, um, you know, keep writing uh, great stuff over there for Star Wars. Yeah, no, that was really, really great to see. Yeah. She has for, for years on and off, uh, done writing for starwars.com. And I know we've had a couple, uh, listeners, uh, tweet us and say, Hey, I'm a newer listener. So you guys are always talking about this mysterious <laughs> Jennifer Landa. What, you know, and, and, uh, wanting to find out more about Jennifer and, you know, a couple weeks ago, uh, towards the end of the year, we had, uh, Jennifer had time to send in, uh, some thoughts and comments. So it was great for people to hear. If you're, listener who aren't isn't as familiar with jennifer man check out this article like ken said we'll retweet it um this to me this is such a jennifer landa article because she is interviewing other people who have you know entered this contest to make these big strange elaborate fun holiday star wars lego and to me that's just one of the the ways that jennifer looks at star wars which has always been a breath of fresh air to me has helped me open up to that side of Star Wars where Star Wars can just be an entry point to a sense of play and fun that, mm. you know, obviously Jennifer and I'm sure everybody who made these Lego uh, sets have thoughts about and the, why they like certain characters and 
what they mean to them and why they're aesthetically pleasing and all those kind of uh, deep thoughts. But also to just say, like, we're just throwing the doors open of imagination. And if there was going to be a holiday and Yoda was Santa, <laughs> how would that work? Who else would be there with him? How would there, uh, how would Yoda's uh, Yoda Claus's tree be decorated? Just that explosion of play and exploration. It's so perfect that Jennifer wrote this article because that I think that's what I've always taken from Jennifer's insights that she has that same sense of it's Star Wars. Let's roll up and play. Let's roll up our sleeves and play. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Great craft. A great thing. Yeah. Well, it just well said describing her. And yeah, I forget what we've been blessed with a lot of new Patreon supporters in the last couple of months. I think the Mandalorian brought some new ears and and yeah, we want you all to uh, go back to the archives, which I'm slowly fixing some of the bro- broken links, but all the happy beeps episodes, which Jennifer p- uh, produced are are up and running. And some of the Jedi beat ones, we got to track down the original files. Um, and, and you just catch up uh, and, and just uh, feel her uh, insight and joy and, and passion for star Wars from her point of view. So uh, uh, great, great. No, Joseph. That, yeah. We, I forget. Some people might be like, Hey, who's this Jennifer person? <laughs> uh and um uh, and as always whenever she can she can uh, get back uh, uh you know uh, for those again who don't know she had uh, she at the same time had her second child and her and her husband uh moved and put her farther away from our studios at the time which all just made it a little more difficult that was before the lockdown and then you try raising two kids in a lockdown <laughs> yeah exactly so, so yes we, we will continue to reach out to jennifer and have her involved as much as she can or wants to be here in four center but always a part of the team in the family mm-hmm. absolutely indeed and and late breaking news before we get to the big stuff here um a picture of boba fett it's out there all right all right at marvel uh marvel star wars comics a, a nice uh Nice picture of Boba Fett, almost looking like it's an all-black suit. It just is probably the coloring of the painting, of course. Um, holding a blaster, a spear. It's a fierce-looking spear against a wall with laser blasts in it. And that's all we got. And StarWars.com's running with the story of a Boba Fett cryptic tease from Marvel. So, Joseph, we'll talk about it when it comes up. But it looks like eh, we'll be getting a Boba Fett Marvel comic, maybe. That sounds great. I'm very excited to talk about it when we kind of know uh, where where it's set, you know, and, and what parts of the mysterious Boba Fett timeline are going to be filled in. Yeah. And if big questions, we'll have big answers to uh, the news of the week. Our look back and our chance to discuss the news over the last week. Headline reads, that's a wrap on Gina Carano and Star Wars. I'm sure some of you have probably heard about this. This has made some of the rounds. Uh, IO9 was actually, I think, one of the first to, to run with the story that uh, a day after, and we're just going to list some things here, and then we can dive into it. I'm not listing a lot, because we've been talking about this one, as uh, we are uh, happy to do in, term, in terms of uh, discussing uh, issues and important things in and out of Star Wars. But this, is, uh, this has been going for a couple months, as a lot of you know. Uh, most of you know, I should say, a day after Carano posted uh, a story comparing her her situation uh, on online and in life as she felt to the persecution of the Jewish people in Nazi Germany, as well as once again mocking mask wearers in California. This uh, she deleted him, but uh, you, nothing really gets deleted from the internet these days. Um, that created uh, a hubbub, a hashtag begun. Um, uh, I think it was the fire Gina Carano hashtag, which probably not the first time that's been uh, trending. And no. later that day. Uh, Lucasfilm released a statement uh, saying this, and this is the statement. Gina Carano is not currently employed by Lucasfilm, and there are no plans for her to be in the future. 
Nevertheless, her social media posts denigrating people based on their culture and religious identities are abhorrent and unacceptable. Uh, Later, uh, I believe that same day, her agency, uh, UTA, then announced they had dropped her as a client. And boom, that started the, well, the the news cycle had already begun then. Um, So, Joseph, that's kind of some of the facts uh, where we're at with this. Uh, So let's discuss the um, Gina Carano of it all here on Force Center. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think just as a starting point, um, this comes up uh, a lot recently that uh, the sort of um, the reality of the world intersects with Star Wars. And whenever we have these discussions, we try to caveat that um, Star Wars exists in the real world. Star Wars itself is uh, political. Uh, mm-hmm. We understand that it is nice to have a Star Wars podcast where you can feel like, oh, I'm getting away from some of the stresses of the world. But uh, we also feel uh, that it is important to speak about big, important issues, particularly when they you know, intersect so clearly with Star Wars. Uh, we feel to, to not say something is to say something. So that's why we're taking the time to uh, really address this. We've addressed some of the various controversies uh, around Gina Carano before. We'll, we'll probably repeat ourselves a little bit, uh, but that's kind of our stance of why we are beginning to talk about this at all, because yep. it does intersect and we feel we have to, right? A hundred percent, hundred percent. And happy to do that uh, here on Force Center. Um, and and this, this, this is a, uh, you know, this story has been, what, how, how long has this been going since before season two, right? Yes. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Wow. Well, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, sir, where, where do you want to dive into on this here? I, I have certainly thoughts on, uh, the legal term, fi- uh, legal term fired, which was not used by Disney or Lucasfilm, uh, and some thoughts on that. Um, uh, yeah. where, your mind go. Let, let, let's I think we should start there because I think, you know, there has been things like the, the hashtag was, you know, uh, people really saying uh, fire Gina Carano. And in some headlines I've seen and Gina Carano has been fired. And I think it's always important to pay attention to the details and pay attention to bo- both what we know and what we don't know and therefore can only kind of guess and surmise about. And this statement that you read is, you know, is pretty clear in that not currently employed by Lucasfilm and no plans for her to be in the future. So the statement was released clearly in response to uh, the latest round of people being extremely upset by what she chooses to post and like and highlight. Uh, But this also sounds like uh, the, this is a situation where maybe her contract was just never renewed, Mm -hmm. you know, and it's Mm -hmm. not going to be in the future. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I absolutely think that's a case. No inside in, information on this. No one here on this show claiming to have uh, been in a room when anything uh, has happened. Uh, um, none of us have except for a few parties. Right. Uh, and, and we're not going to get all that information and, and it, not obligated. Those companies aren't obligated to share all that. But, you know, a lot of us listening, a lot of us here on the show, a lot of us, uh, you know, we, we have jobs and life and we've dealt with HR people or we've been in rooms with lawyers or, you know, I've had the displeasure and sometimes the pleasure of firing literally hundreds of people in my last job. And it's, it's always a little messy and it's always a little particular. And I think this statement is pretty vaguely clear (laughs) if that's a term (laughs) of, I think this was not new internally. 
I I choose to believe that uh, by investor day, she was not involved. Um, they can't probably couldn't comment and you don't want to comment. And if someone's been warned a few times, um, it's not what you're saying. It's how you're, uh, what you're doing to us as a brand and also to your fellow castmates and crew is a big problem I have with her right now. I'll just say, um, in terms of locker room, you're going into the business for yourself. There's a lot of hundreds of people, their livelihood depends on this one show. And now it's all about you. Um, so there's a lot of reasons I think I could be upset with her, but that's, that's, that's a big one for me personally. Cause that stuff kind of can drive me crazy. It's like, um, all that, you, 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 we don't want you on the team anymore is, uh, is what this comes down to me. And then they say, oh, and by the way, also, just so we're all clear, we don't stand by that stuff either. I think they're two separate statements within this one statement, if that makes sense. Absolutely. I think so too. I think it is saying for all, for, for various reasons that we are not making explicitly public maybe for legal reasons maybe for you know choice reasons uh her contract wasn't renewed we're not going to re- renew it in the future so you know uh th- that can end that conversation but just to be clear <laughs> mm-hmm. regardless of whether or not her social media posts were responsible for her firing which seems like a you know a good legal thing to differentiate mm-hmm. don't worry we as a company feel that what she has said you know, denigrating uh, people based on their cultural and religious identities are abhorrent and unacceptable is the actual statement, which is, I think, extremely clear <laughs> and yeah. extremely powerful. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, 100%. And 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 the reason I, I like kind of personally, me, Kat Dapsack, not Joseph Scrimshaw, Jennifer Lander, Fourth Center, but I like dancing <laughs> in some of the specific legalese is, is I just, I feel... I feel there's a, a um, you can ride a wave of um, catchphrases that make this seem like it's one thing, and then and make uh, people into martyrs when really that no, it it wasn't spiritually. Maybe you can follow that line, but it's not. This this was this was more. This isn't because she was a conservative. It was uh, because of the way she continued to make choices that uh, were detrimental to the brand, to the show, to them, and just also con- it just continued to double down on the bad. Um, and this is why I think this is, this is old news. This is a couple months, and we're, they just finally, for, again, whatever reason, there's a reason not one cast member, uh, crew member, no one's tweeted about it. There's probably some memorandum of don't you dare. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, lawyers are standing by. Uh, I, I've been, we've all been in those types of situations too, where it's, uh, you just, you just can't, you just can't. So I think all that, and, and that's, that's why I kind of, I wanted to be clear for, for folks listening. Like I kind of go to that just cause like, in my mind, it takes away some of the arguments for, uh, you know, or, or making her into a, a hero of sorts and, and she's not. And this was an employee employer situation that is very public and, and, and well, she made it very public. Yeah, exactly. No, I really agree with you. I think this is extremely clearly not a legal freedom of speech issue. Uh, mm-hmm. Again, the First Amendment very clearly states Congress shall make no law respecting and then lists, uh, you know, various protections mm-hmm. that we, we're all familiar with and can Google the First Amendment. Congress shall make no law. The First Amendment is not, you know, a, a right to be in Star Wars. Uh, so it's not a, a legal freedom of speech issue, as you are saying, and you have, you know, great insight from all the different work that you have done, Ken, that this is a consequences uh, for actions with a private company 
mm-hmm. issue based on choices, not identity based on choices. Um, yep. So it's not a legal uh, issue about uh, freedom of speech. And I feel like for the people who kind of want to make it an argument about, okay, but in our society, we should have free speech. And like, we do. Uh, there, she can say things a lot of uh, places, um, but it's not a freedom of consequences. People are going to react and they're going to have uh, opinions about these, about the things she chooses to say and like and post. Um, and what I feel really strongly about uh, and feel like I want to make clear of why I think it is extremely unfortunate that it all had to go this way, but is probably the best for everyone to move forward is that um, uh, for people who maybe haven't been following along, there was the, the big post equating being criticized with what Jewish people experienced in Nazi Germany that Mm -hmm. obviously got shared a lot. That seemed, that was the thing that we were discussing is this happened, but she's been Mm -hmm. posting lots of different things and liking uh, lots of different uh, tweets and, and sharing lots of different memes that support lots of different things. Mm -hmm. Some of her posts are not views. They are lies. Uh, She has posted things mocking and questioning uh, the science behind wearing masks to uh, help our entire community survive a deadly pandemic. It is a fact, a scientific fact that masks do help prevent the virus. Um, She's posted or supported things uh, 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 doubting uh, that Biden uh, lost the election or promoting the lie that there was widespread voter fraud. There was not widespread voter fraud uh, in any way that anyone can prove. So that is also a lie. She is promoting dangerous lies that will and have hurt people. And for me, that's a big difference. Some of her things I would say are maybe views that I find extremely offensive and I disagree with, but maybe we could define them as views. Some of the things that she has said and supported are not true. They are lies. And I feel very, very strongly that as a society, everything from our politics to, uh, you know, interacting with family members to Star Wars podcasts, verifiable truth has to matter. And we cannot call lies a viewpoint. And uh, that is one of the elements of the discussion around this that that really upsets me. Um, she, her views aren't being silenced. She's lying, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And then, yeah. I, yeah. So, uh, um, do, do you have any, any thoughts on that? I don't want to just <laughs> go into rant town. Yes, I, I don't like lies. No, it, it, this, is, <laughs> this is something that's, um, it's been, it's, it's so beyond Star Wars the last few years, but to tie it into, yeah, it's just, it's, it's, um, it goes beyond her indeed. It, it's, it's this idea of, this thing, uh, I always go to the example of, you know, Kathleen Kennedy wants to kill legacy characters so they don't have to pay George Lucas. Literally a lie. Becomes treated as a critique of a movie. <laughs> and and the muscle's the same to me, which is why I um, I, I get upset at this. And look, I, I just, I, I think it, uh, it's, it, it, then we break it down into sides so quickly, political sides or whatever you want to say. And 
and I, I think I've danced around it enough, Joseph. If, if you don't mind, I'll, I'll just. I think I, I I've been historically conservative my entire life. I think lots a lot of that's changed, and whatever that term means to you, uh, take it for what it is. But um, I also proud to say I've always put people first, and that's just some way I was raised, and that just continues to grow. I'm like Jon Snow. I want to fight for the side that fights for the living. All right. Um, so I I say that because it's so easy to just say. Oh, that side thinks this, and this side thinks this. It's like, I, I, the, the, the lies that you're talking about. You asked my comment on that. It's just, can, it's, 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 it's driving me crazy because then the they t- this person's turned into a martyr, based entirely on an agenda and entirely on lies, entirely on just it's it's a work to me, and it drives me crazy. It's why it's changed a lot of my core beliefs and a lot of the way I look at the people around me who I thought shared at least some connection to common sense. If yeah. I'm being honest. And I, and, and the reason I say that and drop that big C word is then I, I feel sometimes it can be uh, grenades can be tossed at, especially you, Joseph, um, and, and, and force center or me in general, as um, we're out here in Hollywood and we're out here, on, you know, left coast, lease or anything like that. And let me tell you, something, I was ra- I raised and, and believed and voted a certain way for a long time. And I'm just done with that. And done with that being allowed to shield things like this and things you're talking about and why I not celebrate her God. I don't think it had to be this way, um, but she chose to make it this way. And I'm not going to make her refuse to let anyone around me um, make her into a hero for it. Yeah, no. And I, I, I uh, applaud you sharing your truth. And yeah, that was something that, you know, I have been uh, very liberal my entire life. Um, and there's some, you told me like, Hey, sometimes I, this is, this is my experience. And we talked about why, and it was like, cool, great. And like, I didn't have a, I can't podcast with this guy. Uh, yeah. it was like, Oh, I'll try to understand where he's coming from and what life experiences he had. And I think the thing for me is, you know, I, I, when I, when I work with people, I watch what they do and who they choose to be mm-hmm. in you told me when we started working together that you historically had voted a certain way, mm-hmm. um, way back, you know, this, we're talking, you know, 2014. Yeah. Um, it, but I never saw any choices or behavior that I thought is, um, wow, that's something I can't support. Um, mm-hmm. and to me, you said it earlier and that's the crux of, of what is going on with Gina Carano and the argument that, uh, th- this whole, this group of people is being silenced. Uh, you know, I don't know what term Gina Carano is using when, when she is making that horrific comparison com- comparison mm-hmm. to Jewish people in Nazi Germany. I don't know what label she's thinking, if, if that's for her, if that's Republican, if that's a Trump supporter, I don't know exact label she's sort of claiming mm-hmm. is being um, victimized. Um, but for me, I don't, think anyone i i am not i'll speak for myself Mm -hmm. i am not reacting to a label i am reacting to choices i am reacting to uh spreading lies that hurt people i am reacting to spreading views uh she has um uh liked tweets uh saying uh doubting the existence of systemic racism uh and saying that's not really a, a problem in america that to me is extremely offensive uh view uh she added the beep bop boop you know pronouns Mm -hmm. mocking pronouns and 
Okay, you can have an argument about whether or not that's a view. Mm -hmm. It is a view that hurts people. And the people who are hurt by those views, I know reached out to her. Because after the beep, bop, boop thing happened, I saw many tweets with my own eyes saying, I'm a fan. I love you on The Mandalorian. Let me tell you why, why mocking somebody else wanting to express their pronouns is hurtful. And I, according to Gina Crano, she had a conversation with Pedro Pascal himself about it. And she, not only did she initially choose to like or make these extremely hurtful statements, she had an opportunity to listen and learn and believe the people impacted by what she was saying that she was hurting them and she doubled down. Mm -hmm. So for me, it's not about whatever label that, that she is referring to for herself about a group of people. It is what she herself actively made the choice to share and promote even after people kindly said to her, I know some people yelled at her, but plenty of people just kindly said, I'm a fan of yours. This hurts me. And she made the choice mm -hmm. to continue. Yeah. Like, like we always talk, talk about destiny and star Wars brings you to a point of choice. <laughs> if you could continue to go one day. Yeah, no. And, and that's what I mean. That that's this it's, there's a lot of personal decisions made. Um, that that uh, upset me and things I don't agree with. And again, uh, um, um, I, I I I always want to choose towards the the, the betterment of, of people and having empathy and compassion for people. And when and, and this was something that continued to um, go against that for me, for me. Yeah, um, absolutely. And 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 again, and when a company, regardless, and, and you could you could out there say you're, you're canceling your Disney plus and you, you cancel on four center support, whatever. And you're mad at Disney for making this decision, but like, it doesn't, it's it, it, like a company gives you the, the old progressive discipline HR thing <laughs> like <laughs> is for a reason, like, like that stuff's in place. And, and when you're warned and told and your cast members are like, Hey, 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 um, it's not about what you believe it's your actions and, and how you're acting. And, and again, tremendously selfish, tremendously, you're not standing up for anything. You're putting yourself in the spotlight. Perhaps, you know, what, what if Bob Iger woke up one day and said enough, cancel the show, you know? Uh, and now hundreds of people lose their job because there's all this, that's where I start getting upset too. There's a lot of reasons to be clear for that. I'd be upset at her, but that one just continued to grow. Just like, what are you doing? Oh, yeah. and I can see now maybe where she was trying, what she was trying to do, but even more so just uh, anyways, anyways, I don't know. Anyway, yeah. No. Yeah. At I, one point I know we just repeat ourselves, but we want to be crystal clear. Yeah. We want to be crystal clear and, and want to see that, you know, it's a totality of things that she has stated or liked and, and, you know, received uh, opportunities to listen and, and learn. Um, mm -hmm. And I think for me, the, I think probably, uh, probably the last thing <laughs> I, I'll say about this is um, I, I, I do, I have empathy for people, um, you know, in this whole uh, week, uh, you know, I tweeted 
my strong take on this, and I got a lot of extremely angry uh, tweets back. I got some tweets uh, saying uh, things I should do to my body or my loved ones that were all very, very offensive and not very creative. Uh, and even within those tweets, like I would, I would scroll down and see, like, okay, well, you know, what else uh, is this person, you know, doing or saying? Who is this person who is saying this extremely hateful thing to me? Um, and sometimes it'd be like, oh yeah, no, I agree with I agree with that take. Uh, you know. Mm-hmm. on star wars i th- they threatened violence against me so i'm still gonna you know block and, and report them because i have to but even that person mm-hmm. i bet if i sat down with them that person i blocked and reported for my own emotional and possibly physical safety i mm-hmm. bet if i sat down with them i could find some things in common i could have empathy for the person but i cannot have empathy for lies and i cannot have empathy for views that are extremely hurtful to a huge swath of human beings and i feel that way about gina carano herself and i'm, I'm speaking for myself and no one else on this because everybody mm. is affected differently and everybody has a right to that opinion i feel mm. empathy for her i w- we so loved uh and discussed it uh the mm-hmm. disney gallery season one when when she was talking so much about how the great it was to get this really different opportunity. And I think it's awesome that Favreau is trying to bring in different people mm-hmm. from different parts of the entertainment world into Star Wars and, and explore it from different perspectives. And I just think it's sad that expressing these views that are sometimes lies and sometimes extremely hateful to people was more important to her than continuing to explore being a part of Star Wars. It, I think it is the right choice, unfortunately, because of the choices that she made. Mm-hmm. But it just makes me sad. It didn't have to be. Didn't have to be. No, but you know, especially the Disney Gallery stuff. You're right. It was real. There were some real sweet moments, and and I and I believe I actually do believe that those who know her and work with her on the cast uh, have um, uh, have I've, I've heard tell of nice things and sweet person, just real stubborn and this and that. And it just became something else. It became almost a business thing, a brand thing. That's just, just, just disgusting and nasty. And, and, and yeah, we're, so here's my final statement, Joseph, here's my final statement. And I said this in discord, I'll repeat it here. She gone, we move on. <laughs> that's wrong. <laughs> I think that's uh that's very good. And then uh, my actual final statement is the same thing that you and I have been saying these last several times that we've really felt we needed to talk about a, a big, volatile, real-world uh, political thing is that I believe in freedom of speech. I do not believe in freedom of consequences. So if you uh, have a problem with what we're saying and you uh, need to stop listening to Force Center, yep, I totally uh, respect that choice. Um, mm-hmm. But when we talk about these things, uh, we, we say what we mean. We're committed to what uh, we say. We say them because they're important. Uh, but if you are a listener who needs to walk away, that is your right, and we respect that. 100% agree. Force Center, agree. <laughs> from there, from there, and I hope to God that's the last time we have to discuss that particular issue. Um and all the old gods and the new. Uh, we are going to go to this, uh, this big, sw- big switch in news stories. <laughs> Star Wars has won some awards for toys. That's right. Star Wars took home. I bet you didn't even know this was a thing. Five Toy of the Year awards. What are the Toy of the Year awards? They're awards for toys given out on a yearly basis. All right. Um, 
Uh, Star Wars cleaned up, uh, and it's, it's it's man, interesting. So, Toy of the Year and Innovative Toy of the Year. That's two separate awards. Mm. That went to the Child Animatronic Edition. Put a pin in that title. Uh, the Construction Toy of the Year went to the Lego Star Wars The Razor Crest set. And I can attest to that. And then the Plush Toy of the Year. That's right. The Plush Toy, toy of the Year. A heated race went to the Child <laughs> 11-inch Plus by Mattel. And then the license of the year went to Star Wars, The Mandalorian. Uh, Joseph, this was, uh, you didn't even know this was going on. I didn't even know this was going on, but man, this was a fierce competition. What do you think about all that? Yeah, no, I didn't know this was going on, but I am not surprised. Uh, the child is just the the toy gift that keeps giving. I loved seeing just all those aisles uh, full of the child toys, uh, particularly before the start of season two, and just imagining Moff Gideon scouring the galaxy for the child and walking into a target and going, what? <laughs> the child <laughs> is everywhere, every size, every iteration, the child everywhere. It's like Moff Gideon's nightmare. <laughs> the child is everywhere. It is on aisles at targets, which are owned by them. Um, <laughs> So the, the big here's the big this is all great and and I yeah, I do have that Lego Razor Razor Crest and I like I said I I built it I've been doing the brick building on my Twitch channel and I always just they they go straight to storage like I keep them together don't break apart the the sets but I put them straight into plastic boxes in the storage and I couldn't do that to this one I had it I had it out on the my my living room uh, towards the back door and Grace is like after like seven days was like is this going to stay here? And I was like, no, I'm going to put it in storage. And about four days later, I was like, I can't, I can't. It's so good. It's, it's like heavy. It's got weight to it. It's got uh, compartments and sliding doors. It's got little tiny baby Groku, the best Lego minifig ever. Um, it's a great set. So to, when I saw this, this is why I wanted to cover it. I was like, yeah, I know this makes sense. These are good toys and they, and they deserve some recognition. Absolutely. I, I, I'm just very excited about clearly uh, the child Grogu made a creative sense. It, it, clearly the linchpin of the, the vision of what the Mandalorian show was, that it was this uh, bounty hunter who's being uh, emotionally opened up by finding uh, this child and they truly need one another and truly help one another. It's obviously creatively pure, uh, but the way that they that the whole team made Grogu a, a character that mm. so many millions of people wanted to take home <laughs> in different sizes, uh, different levels of uh, softness or hardness, <laughs> depending on plush or Lego or size. It just, the, it's just, it's a thing to celebrate about Star Wars that a character was so powerfully, you know, executed visually, aesthetically, and then also the storyline of of who the character is that it makes people want to have this character in their home, in their lives. It's just a great thing. Great thing indeed. Final question on this, Joseph. I, these are all, that's why the names are key. The child animatronic, uh, the child 11 inch plus. Can they sweep the awards again next year by just re-releasing the same toys, but calling them Groco? Does that count in your mind? I think what the uh, the innovative toy of the year is is going to be uh, Grogu. Uh, too many cookies, Grogu, that, you know, you squeeze and just a little bit comes up. Ah, I want that. Too many cookies. Too many cookies. So there you have it. The Mandalorian, without a doubt. It's been, you know, look, the sequel trilogy era, because there was just a slightly different approach to toys over the years and great Lego sets, great figures, all the stuff. We love ranking them on Star Wars Rank. But, you know, Joseph, the... 
It wasn't like the old Kenner days. It's a little different. They tried that. It didn't go. There's the market has changed. It's just old guys like you and me pushing aside kids in the aisles to get these toys. <laughs> it's a little different. It's a little different how they put out the toys now. The Mandalorian, it did have that old vibe of just like Star Wars toy y'all got to have. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and I'm excited that that level of excitement has come back for for toys. And maybe then it will spill out into uh, making even more Mandalorian characters. You know, I, I want my uh, my uh, three and three quarter uh, vintage frog lady and uh, mm. Mon Cala in a sweater. I want all these other characters, too. There you go. There you go. So uh, there you go. Congratulations, Mandalorian toy team. Uh, final story of the day. I got to say, we don't normally cover what I call tweet news, which is an actor or some, someone tweets something and it becomes a news story. Uh, not, any, not a comment on, on those that do cover it. Just, sometimes they're just non-stories or non-starters. But I, I wanted to end something with something uh, fun and, and something we've been talking about here on Force Center. And this was, and again, shout out to, uh, I think it was Grant Davis over at the Star Wars Newsnet team. Uh, they always kind of uh, gather things and put in an easy to find section and Janina Gavankar, uh, best known for her role in the league. No, just me. Okay. Uh, in star Wars battlefront two is Iden Versio, a character we just love here at force center. We have been saying for a while now, Iden and Shriv for Rangers of the new Republic. And you know, I got Del Mico in there too. Uh, so Janina tweeted out on February 10th, uh, tagged uh, Mitch Dwyer and Walt Williams, the writers of the battlefront two story said, uh, someone responded, hey, um, to um, Janina, or someone tweeted to Janina. Let me get it right. So what's Iden Versio up to around the time of the Mandalorian? Asking for a friend, Janina. So Janina re- responded back to the writers and said, want to let them know. And this uh, got uh, Walt Williams, uh, who's busy uh, working, on, I think, on a novel now, he's, he's announced. Um, he said, whether you're a Mandalorian or a ranger, I can't think of anyone better to have in your corner corner of the nine versio and then mitch dyer uh no longer works directly for ea i believe um all the stuff of there but says during the timeline of mandalorian iden versio is a former rebel ex-special forces a war hero married friends with shriv about to be a mother ready for more stories for those who are curious what she might be up to i know i am so joseph that led to uh, you know understandably a lot of excitement a lot of speculation fun and, and and we generally you know we like to speculate responsibly. This is dangerously irresponsible. But <laughs> hey, I dug into this more, Joseph. I went into Reddit, a place I don't go because my name is not often spoken highly of there. Not a, not many names are spoken highly on Reddit. <laughs> I, I stay away from my mental health. But I went into Reddit. And uh, again, this great uh, Star Wars Newsnet article kind of linked to it. And there is some, like, we're talking sleuth level speculation put together because in November 2020, Janina, who who lives out here, was tweeting that she'd been doing some work that, oh, she best work day ever. So maybe some mocap stuff. And she was in L.A. at the time, tweeted a picture at the Grove, place where I used to be one of the security directors at there on that whole whole entire property. And then um, uh, uh, the other uh, the, the, the actor who was her father and then the actors, Del Mico, I, I forgot to write their names. I apologize. Um, they're in L.A. and they're talking about working together and they're talking about mocap. So is there more? Iden Versio Battlefront 2 related content uh, that has nothing to do with Rangers of the New Republic, but I just wanted to talk about Iden and Shriv and all those characters we love, Joseph. Oh, that's so great. Yeah, I would imagine the the Reddit deep dive. Thank you uh, for going into uh, the, the cave on Dagobah <laughs> and going into uh, the, the scary parts of Reddit. Uh, there are definitely some scary parts. Uh, there, uh, I've encountered uh, some pages where I feel safe, but also some deadly, deadly stuff. Um, 
But yeah, I think the mocap conversation, that, that's great, but that really does make me feel like, yeah, cool, maybe there is some other uh, Battlefront-related content coming in, in video game form in some way, somehow, which is really great. Uh, I kind of take the other tweets, uh, and this is uh, just, uh, if not responsible speculation, wild speculation. Mm-hmm. I, I take the stuff about could Aiden and or Shriv be in Mandalorian and the writers tweeting that stuff is probably just a way for these actors and creators to go like, hey, look, there's interest, you know, mm-hmm. which is a thing that has been, I think, happening in a growing way uh, in our constantly evolving world. Um, Chuck Wendig has, you know, said like, uh, I tweeted about wanting to write Star Wars books, and that started the conversation. Um, the, Rosario Dawson as Ahsoka was a fan cast that got discussed uh, uh, and promoted <laughs> by yeah. Rosario Dawson. Um, it's not, I think sometimes, and I have no inside information, so I absolutely could be wrong. I think sometimes creators or actors are hinting at something that is already you know, a contract. And sometimes they're going like, Hey, I'm going to put this out there because a bunch of fans will highlight it. And that will demonstrate that there is true interest in this. Totally. Yeah. It's, it's a, it's a weird world we work at it. And, and, you know, I, I, I don't ever want to get stuck to the old traditional ways of just being the, getting a rare audition and get cast or willing things in. I, I, you know, want more solo content. I don't know if a hashtag is going to make it happen, but also I can't say it's not anymore. Right. It's just, that's not the way it works. So this could be some of it. Um, I know, uh, I don't know Mitch and, and Walt personally, but I know some who worked on the project and they just, they just say they just are really rightfully proud of the star, the story they put out there. And I, I think the Battlefront 2 story, short as it was, and they, and they did write more things. I think they just know that there, you know, the, there's definitely more stories to tell, whether or not they'll get their opportunity in some form or these characters live on. It probably kind of like Windig and, and Cobb Vanth, like he, he, he knew once that was announced, he didn't know it was coming, uh, but to see that that character that he, he had created uh, was in a show and made a transition live action, and, and he knew it was probably not going to be beat for beat the same character or the same story, but he just felt good. And I, I, I imagine for them being part of creating that character, to, to the idea of people even wanting it in live action probably just feels good. So I think that's some of the spirit behind the tweets there, too. Absolutely. And I think they did a phenomenal job in that tweet of like uh, listing the, the check marks of the interesting compelling things that Aiden would be up to is great you know it's it is just a reminder of like it's not just that we love this character it's that this character is doing interesting things in this timeline and well highlighted yeah and Janina Gavanka her her star has has risen since the Battlefront 2 thing though she's been working and doing a lot of things for a long time uh True Blood I mentioned the league uh, you know but then she shows up at Meghan Markle's wedding in the in the peach dress that rocked the world and now the world knows about her then she's in a Ben Affleck movie she is a top-notch talent, and, and so it would make sense, you would hope, that Lucasfilm would look out there and go, who do we got? Who can we bring in? And, and that would work. But we'll keep you updated. It's something we want, and, and Shriv, too. I, I, Joseph, you were right to, like, when I first put up Biden, and you were like, we can't forget Shriv, one of the greatest characters in Star Wars. <laughs> yeah, Dan Donahue uh, no, just, just uh, does a great job uh, voicing him, and I think he is really well-written. Uh, mm-hmm. I think we're is a culture we're probably kind of uh, familiar with the the snarky video game character who's along with the ride, but they just made it really fresh with Shriv. It's just a, a great perspective, particularly on, hey, we won at Endor, and now the battle, we, we got to keep going, we got to finish this. And mm-hmm. that's kind of like, to me, the perspective of his comedy. I was just like this, like, eh, 
I'm not in the mood, but I have to do the right thing. Uh, it fit. It's really funny by itself. It's really relatable, and it fits this era of Star Wars. We're like, can we please just put out the final annoying, dying, horrible embers of the Empire? That yes. Shriv's perspective and sense of humor really nails. In in the fact, I think that's what excites me about Ranger of the New Republic, where you, you know whatever that story is going to be, if it's Carson Teva saying. Look, there's like you said, like there are too many people. There's too many weird things going out here in the outer mm. rim. We need to get people together. And Shriv's like, ah, oh, fine. <laughs> it's a great perspective. Love it. We'll keep you all updated. Uh, a lot of possibilities in the Rangers of the New Republic. I, I don't think they quite know who the Rangers are yet. We shall see. We shall see. That is a look at news. Uh, we appreciate you all for uh, hanging uh, through there. And uh, we will never shy away from the important things that we feel we need to talk about. But it's also nice to talk about uh, fun and hopeful things in Star Wars as well. We'll always try to find the right balance before we get in, uh, take a quick break and go on to uh, your great questions. Joseph, we have our Force Center recommends an audiobook we think all of our listeners should try out on us. That is right. We are recommending the next High Republic book, Into the Dark, by Claudia Gray. Uh, we have to figure out exactly when, when, but Ken and I will be discussing this one. So if you want to keep up with the High Republic, these new Star Wars adventures, you can check out this audiobook of Into the Dark by Claudia Gray. Check it out indeed on us by downloading your free audiobook today at audibletrial.com slash center. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash center for your free audio book. All right, we're going to take a quick break. On the other side, your wonderful questions here on Force Center. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. 
J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, Four Center friends, make sure you're keeping up to date on all the great content from Jennifer Landa. Whether it's YouTube, Instagram, or TikTok, you whippersnappers, Four Center's own Jennifer Landa continues to bring you fun, informative, and insightful laughs and moments. Also, Jennifer brings her experience and perspective as a Star Wars-loving mother to her DIY projects, blogs, and more. So be sure to head on over to JennyLanda.com. That's J-E-N-I-L-A-N-D-A.com for articles like how to make your own Darth Maul sneakers or 10 unique Star Wars baby gift ideas. Follow Jen on Twitter and Instagram at JenniferLanda and on TikTok as JenniferLanda1138. Welcome back to Force Center, episode 298 of the main show. Ooh, a big number coming up soon. Sometimes I love celebrating big numbers, Joseph. Sometimes it's just like, hey, it is what it is. We'll see how we feel next week for a 300. Yeah, the 300, we've, we've done big celebrations for our 100th episode, our 200th, I don't know, the 300th, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe, maybe we'll have, uh, maybe I'll, we'll each wear a party hat in our own homes while we record. It, there we go. There we go. We'll see. Uh, <laughs> It's also weird because I've been going back and, and scrolling through the past shows to fix some of the uh, broken links. When I, For those who don't know, when we, when we switch podcast hosting from Podomatic, it was always a great company to us, and to, to Anchor, there just something happened in our podcast, and just a lot of episodes glitched, and like half the file came over, and no, we couldn't, blah, 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 blah. It's taken me literally a year and plus to get it there. Shout out to Simon Huffnagel who gave me a list of broken links. Um, but yeah, to, uh, it's, you know, we used to just do like one main show every other two weeks, Joseph. Remember That's that? Right. Hey, now we do two a week. So the number shot up. All right. Enough of my rambling, Joseph. Let's get to some wonderful questions. Yeah. We got questions from Twitter and our patrons on Patreon. As always, we're going first to Twitter and to Christopher Lamb. Here's what uh, Christopher says. So I've been rewatching Whose Line Is It Anyway? I forgot how funny it is and how happy improv comedy makes me. Then naturally I thought to myself, what Star Wars characters would be great for a show like this? 
Considering both of you are comedians and Star Wars connoisseurs, what characters from any medium do you think would be great improv comedians for an in-universe Star Wars Who's Line show? All right, this is this is a good one, uh, Ken. Is this is one of the uh, questions that that made you uh, sit up all night thinking? <laughs> uh, not quite, not quite. Um, I, I, but I have a I have a small list. Um, I, I started concentrating on 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 the, on the next question. Um, but this was great, Christopher Lamb. I this is great because I I've been a fan, not just you know done improv and sketch like like you have Joseph for years too. But uh, I mean, sixth seventh grade, I was watching Whose Line Is It Anyways, uh, the the uh, Brit- British version, the original version with Clive Anderson and uh, the whole gang there. So I've just loved this show for decades. Um, it's party improv. It's not long form at times, but it's a uh, it's its own uh, wonderful skill. So I here I'll start here. Just I. And it, now it becomes you and I discussing comedy theory and improv theory and who makes the best or who makes the worst people. I, I have two names, and there's a ton of names I could have chosen. Shriv is is one too, though I think Shriv's a better stand-up comic. Uh, I think Shriv, yeah, Shriv definitely paces on stage going, I don't know, I don't know. What did I want to talk about next? Uh, definitely has that energy. Uh, I did go, so I went with Leia. Now this might have more to do with Carrie Fisher, um, who's more of a, storyteller and a monologist than an improver, but she's got that energy. She could probably provide the details of a scene, come in with a line that just makes it more fun and more funnier and funnier. I should say, um, I don't know what you think about Leia. What do you think about Leia? I, I, I was on the fence, believe it or not, but I think she could. Leia is the first person on my list. <laughs> nice. Okay. Let's discuss that. Yeah, because, you know, she can have a certain, um, well, put it this way, uh, for Im- improv comedy, especially like that short, uh, short form game yeah. structure that the, uh, there is an art to it, there is a uh, discovery, there's yes and, there's exploration, but there's also in Im- a, a blatant mandate to get laughs. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, so it requires a mixture of absolute focus and precision and to be open and flowing and, and explore ideas. Um, and Leia obviously has that, like I'm on a mission. My mission now is to be clever and get laughs. I will do that mission with all of my soul. Uh, and then everything that's that, you know, all of the parts of Leia that were so deeply informed by Carrie Fisher, Leia does just always have that sparkling knowing look in her eye and, you know, and she's Mm -hmm. got as a character, funny lines uh you, you know like the uh would it help if i got out and pushed you know that that edge that sharpness is a part of the character of leia so i think she would be great at you know playing out a lot of the whose line is often like awkward scenes right and i think mm-hmm. leia would nail that too of like the, the comedy of being in a you know really awkward social situation leia could nail in seconds yeah totally oh yeah yeah no, no, yeah you uh you nailed it there um, and, and yeah, again, so much of it is Carrie Fisher, which she is the role. She is Leia, Leia is her, all those kind of things we've discussed for years. And I just, I, I just remember watching and repeat that, uh, was it the Good Morning America interview in 2015 with, with Gary, the dog bored and just, uh, and I, I've even repeated that in my own life when she, uh, uh, jokingly snaps at the reporter that you know of, like, it's still one of my, fa- I just love that interview, love everything about it. And that is, uh, that is uh, just off the cuff of, flowing, connecting with the stage and the comedy and the moment and knowing who you are, and who your character is. And uh, it just worked. So yeah. Okay. That works for me. I'll put Leia number one on my list too. We can share that spot. Yeah. Leia number one. Who else you got on your list? Uh, I, so here's the next one. Uh, Poe. I went with Poe Dameron. Now here's mm-hmm. the thing. Okay. So 
you and I know, we, we know these kind of improv performers who are really funny, perhaps class clowny, uh, got a lot of attention. Maybe they're the popular kid. Maybe they're not, but it doesn't matter. But they're more class clowny and they're just their personality versus comedy. Um, but it works and it can carry the scene. But but it could be real bad. <laughs> it could be real bad improv. And I've seen a lot of people during my time training at the Groundlings and everything 20 years ago now. God, I can't believe that. I've seen a lot of these folks literally end up on the ground crying because they can't do it. But I've seen some work real well. And one of the reasons I with, went with Poe is Poe, after he learns all the lessons, Poe in Force Awakens is probably a bad improv performer. Poe, after Last Jedi, knows how to lead by letting others take the spotlight and being there for them and with them. And he knows the value of a team, and that truly is improv. So I think that's why, in the end, I think he would the leadership Poe would be a good improv Poe. Yeah. I, I cannot ag agree enough about, he has an arc from a really funny, but maybe a little bit selfish and unsupportive <laughs> improv yeah. comedian to, uh, to one of those people who comes in and saves the scene. Uh, yeah. my go-to example for comedians, uh, improv comedians who are really, really funny, but just, just going for the jugular only for the laugh is, you know, if an improv scene starts and someone, uh, you know, their declaration really is that they sit down and they're clearly fishing. The right. person who needs <laughs> the laugh the most will immediately go out there and flop is a fish. <laughs> it is an improv rule in my mind. And in Force Awakens, Poe Dameron would jump in there and he'd be the fish and it would be funny, but it wouldn't help the scene move forward in any way. <laughs> yes. And then oh, by, by Rise of Skywalker... It would be the like, okay, well, Finn and Ray are out there doing a scene and it's kind of working, but they're not quite agreeing on something. And then Poe would be that guy who comes in and, uh, you know, fixes everything in the scene so it can move forward and everybody is playing the same game. Yes. Yes. Be a comedy fixer, my friends. Be a comedy fixer. So that's uh, who, who you got. Who else you got on your list? Uh, you know, I was having fun with this because I think Jedi should naturally be good at improv because, wow, you can use the force actually to even enhance the, your level of, of intuition. And, you know, the, the best improvisers can really open themselves up to possibility and don't have those uh, preconceived notions. And I was thinking, which Jedi is really the best at not being rigid but truly flowing? And uh, Rail hmm. Avaroth? <laughs> well now we're gonna do a scene here <laughs> uh yeah i mean because he's 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 pretty loose i mean he's got some fears and concerns but rail avros from the uh, he appears a couple places but uh claudia gray in particular master and apprentice book uh, uh the others for me uh i think lando would actually be good because i mm -hmm. think lando has an element of you know especially like in solo when we get to see him as the storyteller who yeah. knows exactly what he's doing. He's not just kind of rambling about himself. Like his stories are, you know, partially putting himself over to achieve a goal. And some of that is kind of like uh, drawing focus where he wants to during a game, you know? So he's already got a sort of like, he's super charming. He's super funny and he's gamified it <laughs> mm -hmm. for his own advantage. And so I think he'd be really great. And then my final for me is, uh, is Maz Kanata. I think she, Somebody has years and years of experience and she's somebody who has also got a little bit of that right balance of like, I'm going to keep this all on the rails. I'm going to move this forward, but I'm going to be loud and expressive and have fun. I love that a lot. I, I, my final one I was going to submit uh, was Yoda. And I, I, I see her and Yoda having some good scenes together there. Um, 
the reason I chose Yoda is, you know, one of the things uh, back when I was even coaching improv of just, uh, you know, finding the character means finding and performing behind that character's point of view. And when Yoda commits to being a buffoon in Empire, he's in, man. He's in. And that's some of the best comedy, right? So yeah. I'll go with that. Uh, and, and he also reminds me of the performer. And I had a little bit of this, too. I was a little bit more, you know, I'm more quiet, withdrawn. And then I come up on stage and maybe I was... I just kind of get you with some kind of sly, sardonic take or something. And Yoda, as serious as he is, he's also kind of like, hmm, lost a planet, Obi-Wan has. Just like <laughs> fighting. Embarrassing. Yeah, you can come to that. So I, I, you know, I don't know if he'd lead the team or he'd kind of be like, I don't want to do it. All right, I'll do it. But I, I'd put Yoda on the team. Yeah. <laughs> I would put Yoda on the team, too. This was not asked, but I will, I'll throw it out there quickly. Uh, it's fun to also think who would be really, who who should be good at improv, but uh, is not there yet and i feel like like force awakens kylo ren would be like uh, michael scott from the office doing improv <laughs> i got a gun and and i don't have my lightsaber <laughs> uh as much as i love good improv i love bad improv even more. <laughs> um yes i was i i you know what i went for because uh he, he he could be funny but chopper oh i was like chopper is someone who would just dominate the scene probably be funny would probably get a sitcom deal but Everyone in the troops like, God bless Chuck. God, so bad. He was so bad. He was so in it for himself. He's so funny, but he steps on everybody else's line with his weird farty noises. <laughs> we say that as people who love Chopper. We are Chopper yes. converts. Can't wait to revisit the best of Chopper when I rewatch Rebels. Uh, all right. We could talk about that one all day. Thank you so much for that fun question, Christopher. Diving into our love of comedy and Star Wars. We're going to move on to our next question from Alejo. Uh, Alejo asks, silly question. Let's assume Han and Leia had a formal wedding. Uh, who was and was not invited? Feel free to speculate who played significant roles in the wedding. Uh, now I had this up, I had looked up to remind myself the actual modern canon of Han and Leia's, uh, wedding and in modern canon, uh, you know, obviously in expanded, uh, old, uh, legends universe, there's a, there is a little bit of controversy back and forth, but then I think, I believe it was in courtship of princess Leia, but in modern canon <laughs> is a complex book. Uh, in modern canon, here's the, uh, quote right from Wikipedia. It was right there on the Endor moon after everything. We had a small ceremony, just those we trust. We don't keep it secret, but we didn't make it public either. So that's the current description of the actual wedding in canon. Uh, but I love what Alejo is saying here, assuming that they did have a big formal wedding. Uh, who is there? Who isn't? Who's involved in what role? What are you thinking, Ken? All right, this is one I, I had some notes and went back into, and I even just now typed one in. Um, though I admit it's, it's probably like a bad improv, just going for the joke. Um, um, I think, uh, without a doubt, I think shared best man, best Wookiee is is Chewie, right? Like you can't, you can't choose anything other than that, right? Yeah, no, Chewie. I think he gets the wedding medal, as it were. <laughs> um, officiant, I went with Mon Mothma. Hmm. Now, I thought Akbar for a second, but I thought there was some practical, the same reason I don't think Akbar should have had Holdo scenes in Last Jedi, other than some deep philosophical reasons I feel that, or also the practical reason of blah, 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 blah. you could not understand him uh, officiating the wedding. So Mothma, with her quiet, reserved nature, her air of authority, it wouldn't be a necessarily funny, uh, you know, wedding uh, ceremony, but she she really kind of just provides some warmth and heart. 
you know? Yeah. I think I think that's a perfect choice uh, for efficient and and I love why you didn't choose <laughs> Akbar. <laughs> marriage. marriage. <laughs> and not, obviously the it's a trap joke is is right there. Uh hopefully yeah. Akbar would not uh express that sentiment during somebody's wedding. I don't think that's who Akbar really was. No. 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 So tell me what else you got. You got a great picture here. Yeah, yes. Uh, in in the wedding party, Luke uh, there probably uh, probably it's funny you could you he'd probably be like one of those shared and and I love too that now wedding what are they called teams I don't know wedding wedding squads are are you know there's there's no the old standards are long gone and and I love that and so I think Luke could be on Leia's uh, line there I could clearly tell who's not been married here in this scenario. Uh, even though I've officiated some weddings, uh, Luke could be on Han's side, or just in the middle. It doesn't matter anymore. I will say this: I think Shriv would be there. I think I think he's warmed his way into everyone's heart. I want Shriv there. He might be giving a good speech at the wedding too. Uh, I actually think Holdo, Amelyn Holdo, would be there. Her and Leia go back a ways. She kind of comes in and out of the story. They have a connection, and I think Leia doesn't have a lot of real close friends. She can't trust anybody. Right? It's just tough. And it's either people she works with above or, but you know, and, and I think Holdo's someone she can trust. So I put her there and final couple here of, of, of there. Uh, I, I do think Shara Bay and or Kes Dameron, definitely Shara Bay and Leia have some, uh, spend some quality time together, know each other, respect each other. Kes, you know, maybe he'd be, he'd be in the crowd watching. Maybe someone's got to watch young Poe. Um, and the final one, well, we, you know, now that she's switched sides and she's a part of the rebel Alliance. We got to have Iden Versio there, and then she can wear too, uh, like a peach dress or whatever it was. With the world, uh, th- this is a complete party that I want to go to, and and I agree with uh, like almost all your choices. Mon Mothma, efficient for sure for a big wedding. Uh, I think uh, Chewie is is best Wookiee and is uh, standing for both Han and Leia, absolutely for sure. Uh, I think Hera is there for sure because that's mm-hmm. you know been a great yeah. addition in canon about how what a big role uh, Hera uh, played. Um, I think uh, certainly uh, Crix Maydean is there. Um, mm-hmm. I think Luke is in. Uh, I think he 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 makes the point to, to stick around for this. This is important uh, to him. Uh, right. Maybe he has. Uh, I think he probably during the actual ceremony. I think if there's a reading, maybe like an Alderanian poem. I think maybe they ask Luke yeah. to read it, and maybe he has uh, some things to say about uh, how how the Force uh, connects everyone in the wedding. Mm-hmm. A wedding is is like the force connecting, uh, connecting people and community. I think he'd have some beautiful things uh, to say and maybe some funny little, funny little jokes for his buddy Han. Um, I think Wedge would not be in the wedding party and I think he'd be kind of bummed about it. (laughs) Like the, the, the poor Wedge of almost always like the heroes of the galaxy, blah, blah. Oh, and also Wedge. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, no disrespect to big fans of Wedge. I just think that, oh, you know, like, for me, growing up with the original trilogy, he was always the end Wedge. <laughs> and the rest. <laughs> yes. Yes, he was the end Peggy of uh, Rebellion Heroes. And Wedge. Um, yeah, let's see. Um, oh, okay. So here are my other thoughts. I think uh, Maz Kanata uh, caters the wedding. I think she uh, brings the food uh, okay. for sure. Um, and then I think that uh, Holdo and... Lando are definitely there. I think they're definitely in the wedding party. Mm-hmm. Uh, but more importantly, I think Holdo and Lando uh, took Han and Leia out for the uh, the bachelor and bachelorette parties the right. night before. 
And I think there is, uh, I love having the idea of, uh, of Holdo and Lando being introduced to one another. Holdo, Lando, Lando, Holdo. Uh, and I think they both uh, took a Han and Leia out for a, a wild night on the town. Uh, and my final thought is it, they need music. Mm. I think Leia would say, look, they are an important part of our relationship. They're an important part of our victory. They have to be here. Uh, I think uh, for the wedding music, I think uh, Ewoks uh, played on uh, Trooper Helmets. Oh, <laughs> oh, that's great. I, you see, you can tell which one of us is, uh, 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 you know, had planned and been married and is married. <laughs> you versus me. I'm like, oh, that's right. They need music. Uh, okay. Um, that's, a, that's a great list. Oh, yeah. I'd want that there. Um, I, I Can I submit my not theirs? Oh, yeah. Because they, they actually counteract two of your choices there. Ooh. Uh, I think Maz wouldn't be there because Mala was in attendance. Oh. And she just a little upset that Chewie <laughs> stayed married. Just a little upset. And then, and this is not, uh, Han's my guy. I love Han Solo, but I'm not saying everything he does is perfect. I think Hera was not included because Han is still better about her being a better pilot. <laughs> and he put his little Han Harrison Ford pointing finger out and Ben Solo too and just said, no, I draw the line there. And it caused some problems, by the way. This isn't, this isn't good. This isn't a good thing. This is some drama that happened. And Leia conceded, which is very rare for her, but she just, Han just, you know, it just, it, and I'm not saying it's good. I'm not saying I'm happy with Han here, Joseph. I'm just saying just, well, I see him maybe causing some problems. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, I think the, maybe the final participant that uh, I don't think is super standard to any weddings I have attended to, uh, but it's uh, maybe a sort of a, a bouncer figure. Uh, I'm thinking uh, maybe Rex, yes. <laughs> maybe the character Nick Sant. I think somebody a little older, a little wiser is absolutely on the lookout. Truly, truly uh, checking IDs at the door to make sure there are no uh, bounty hunters or scoundrels with a grudge uh, who are targeting Han during the wedding. That's smart. That's smart. <laughs> and my my, uh, my final one, they attended the wedding, but they weren't invited because they crashed it. Dr. Chelly Afra and Saint Astaros. <laughs> that is a perfect button. <laughs> that is so great. And I love your rationale for not there. Uh, that is a very fun question. Thank you so much. We love tackling the fun questions as well as the deep questions. We're going to move on to our questions from our patrons on Patreon. Uh, first up is Simon Huffnagel. Again, Simon, as Ken says, thanks for helping us find all yeah. of our broken links. Simon finds our broken parts. Mm -hmm. uh, here is, uh, is Simon's thoughts for this question. Simon uh, adds, I've got a couple of questions regarding the all but guaranteed from a certain point of view book for Return of the Jedi in 2023. First, do you think there's a chance for any big canon questions to be answered from the stories in this book? For example, my mind goes to Boba Fett escaping the Sarlacc or an elaboration on Palpatine's survival. But I don't think the first two books contained any reveals on that scale. Are there any big canon questions you would want answered by this book? Second, what characters do you hope get stories in the third from a certain point of view book? My personal hope is for another L3 story during the Battle of Endor. I imagine her feeling a lot of joy having Lando fly the Falcon again mm. until he knocks off the dish <laughs> and she starts cursing at him all the way to the main reactor. Thanks, as always, for your thoughts. Uh, my first thought, Ken, as I'm reading this, is that we left Nine Numb out of the wedding entirely. <laughs> <laughs> That's one of the stories in this book. It's a, it's an after, it's a, it's a little uh, epilogue there. Uh, yeah. Sorry, nine. Sorry, nine. Uh, yep. he, he needs to show up. Uh, yeah. These are uh, great, great uh, thoughts mm -hmm. uh, from Simon on this. Uh, 
I'll put I'll put this out here before we get into answering Simon's questions about this uh, this big uh, picture idea of how much you know canon is been revealed by these from a certain point of view books, and I would say that they've had emotional canon reveals. You uh, have used that great phrase, emotional canon. Uh, but I think in that in the first book, the perspective that Yoda really would have loved to have trained Leia, thought she mm-hmm. was the one who has had what it takes to be a Jedi. Uh, that great Kevin Scott story of Obi Wan entering the cosmic force and experiencing that. Um, in the the second book, for me, uh, the sort of emotional canon that Vader was having these dreams about it, what it would be like to uh, have Luke actually be his son and help him destroy the Emperor and Padme's back, and it's it was that obsession, that particular vision that Vader couldn't stop focusing on, which was mm. what allowed Palpatine in to, to realize the truth about Luke for himself. For me, there was a couple of those moments that are like, oh, that's cool emotional canon. Uh, but I don't know if there beyond that, there's big, like, this event happened here this day, and here's how it happened kind of canon. Mm, mm. What do you think? What are your thoughts on that? I, I can tell you, uh, yeah, I, 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 scouring that movie, yeah, uh, like, I, I hope... I hope we get some of the stuff. I am really intrigued by anything with Palpatine, anything, his survival. And if we get that towards the end, um, but I, you know, I'm trying to think like, do I want Qui-Gon there watching Yoda? I don't know. I don't want that. You know, it's a good Yoda trilogy. So I am focusing on some stuff with Yoda. Oh yeah. No. Yeah. Mm. The Qui Qui Gon Yoda entering the cosmic force would be that would yeah. be powerful. Yeah, and 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 hoping that the book can uh, surprise me with those kind of emotional canon moments um, um, in uh, in uh, Jedi. I'm trying to think of some stuff with Luke too. I have a list, but I didn't go that deep. <laughs> oh yeah, well, uh, if you want to go for it, yeah, share your list. First of all, I really love Simon's. His suggestions are great. The L three story is a great suggestion. The Boba Fett escape in the Sarlacc would be on anyone's mind if they want to touch that. I don't think they'd touch it here. But I got to say, the Palpatine survival, uh, and, 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 and it's been touched on, you know, um, in the Rise of Skywalker novelization by Ray Carson, right? Um, if you get an expansion of that and seeing it from his point of view, um, I think it would be really intriguing, really interesting. Could be potentially big stuff. Um, yeah. But, yeah. Sorry. Sorry. No, I just agreeing with you. Please continue. Uh, and I'll run through my list. Uh, Hera and or Rex on Endor, just kind of putting them there in the story. Um, uh, be good. Um, I wouldn't mind, and this might be, this might be, and I, I'm sorry, I, I was stumbling a little bit because I'm trying to connect. I, I think this moment, Moff Gergerod refusing to destroy Endor would be one of those, like, getting inside kind of an emotional canon connect decision to some of the stuff that was not in the film, but was in those famous deleted scenes. Uh, I, I wrote about it in the, in the in memoriam we did here in Force Energy. I'm obsessed by this idea of Gerard making that choice at the end, if if he does, you know, of his orders were destroy Endor, uh, wipe out the base, and he doesn't. Um, you know, I don't know. I wouldn't mind seeing that. You know, I thought, yeah, I think that's one of the things for me where these books have have had my favorite stories where they go into somebody else's head and they don't really change any events that happen, but but mm-hmm. give us this fresh human perspective on an yeah. event. And that would be a great example of that. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. There you go. I was trying to sync that up there with the, the question you asked me there. And uh, um, um, I would love some Malachili stuff, but with the way that 
books have been written. I think we're going to get uh, something called The Last Moments of Patissa, which is just inside <laughs> Rancor's mind. I, I'm uh, a little, uh, that's coming for sure because there yeah. is so much animal uh, perspective so, in the Empire Strikes Back one that we're definitely getting an extremely sad Patissa story. Yeah. And then so by that, in that same token, Wart outside just eating the, the bug outside of Jabba's Palace. Behind um, the belch. Behind the belch. There you go. Uh, one of the royal guards uh, that round a Palpatine, just hearing it, seeing it, you know, uh, they have to hear that stuff. I don't know what NDA they sign, but there's <laughs> they're hearing it. Uh, and then the final one, the final one for me, Joseph. Um, I'd like to go back to Jabba's palace following the immediate destruction of Jabba and uh, hear from Rada the Hutt. Well, stinky. Yeah, it's stinky. Yeah, Stinky. How does Stinky feel about this? Is Stinky like, yeah, old enough to be like, good, it's my empire now. Yeah. Yeah, so that's my list. <laughs> that is a very good list. I think a little bit of uh, of overlap between us. Uh, mm. I think the, the the tension I have with this these books is, you know, when it when the stories hit, they really hit hard for me. And then sometimes, like, uh, you know, there's a part of me that wants to hear the insight from some moments. And some of them, I feel like for me, I sometimes just want like, let's keep that open to imagination, you know, mm-hmm. rather than going into it. So I think I have some tension there, but I would love Palpatine's uh, shaft falling thoughts. You know, mm-hmm. I think uh, mm-hmm. that could be written really, really well. And it could be a little less for me about uh, the aha, the time has come, but more just the shock of what has happened to him, the pain of what has happened to him, the desperation to survive. Again, it, it, it there is some element of that in the rise of Skywalker novelization, but I, I yeah. think that would be a great way to kind of put a button on that. Um, probably my most wanted thing is some perspective from uh, what we always called as kids, because uh, that's what their action figure names, the Imperial Dignitaries, yeah. um, who now really seem like, oh, yeah, those are uh, Sith Eternal cultists who are aware of Wayfinders and uh, aware of Exegol and uh, aware of, you know, various backup plans and uh, are aware of that uh, Sith treasure room off the side of the throne room that mm-hmm. we see in Rise of Skywalker. I would love some connective tissue, uh, less about Palpatine being like, yes, here's my exact plan. Here's how I'll do it. Because uh, mm. we already do have some of that in Rise of Skywalker novelization. But I would love the more connecting the Imperial dignitaries to the Sith Eternal. That's probably my number one thing uh, that I would love. Janice Grejanice of it all. Yeah. <laughs> Similu, what did you do? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. On that, oh yeah, yeah. Oh god, you go. Could we get one just called it's it's Masamita and it's just titled Gulp, and it's just him watching the Death Star blow up on the. Oh yeah, hey, wow. The, talk about pulling in all these different connections because we know, yeah, Masamita is the one who eventually signs uh, the surrender, right? The official yeah. Imperial surrender. So yeah, he's definitely going. Oh, it all finally came down around my horns. <laughs> uh, other things uh, that are a little bit more fun. Uh, I, I love the character. It was used to be known in, in action figure days as Pruneface, now known as Ori Marco. I've just always loved that character. I think it's, you know, it's prominent that those uh, Dracillians are there in that uh, fateful briefing moment. I would love to hear some more about uh, Ori Marco. Um, there's going to be, I think, a ton of Ewok content. Uh, but I think I would like to hear about uh, Pap Lou's big day of riding that <laughs> speeder bike. Wee! No, it's just, that's all the, the essay is. Wee! And then the one that, oh, I'm tortured about, I, I'm not sure if I want it or if I would like it to continue to be an element of mystery and discussion, but like Anakin entering the cosmic force, you know, mm. that immediately gets into sort of the, the, the force spirit 
sort of uh, functionality. So it could be great. It could be awesome. It could come out and go, I love this as much as I love the story about Obi-Wan entering the cosmic force. But there's that part of me too that just, uh, that likes some things being open for interpretation and discussion. So I'm on the fence about that one. Same, same. Oh, same, almost same with the entire book series after the Empire one, which is really good and some great stuff. But I, I, I like kind of now viewing those books as strong suggestions and you can take what you want from them, if that makes sense. Exactly, exactly. They are stories that may or may not be true from a certain point of view. We're going to move on to our final question. Uh, thank you, Simon, for that. Michael McCarcel uh, asks, so far, who would you say is your favorite Jedi of the High Republic? For me, it has to be Briaga. His insight of you didn't thank Jedi for being uh, you don't thank Jedi for being Jedi was very poignant to me as well as his feelings about no one understanding him on a very literal and emotional level really hit home. Uh, not to mention his entire interaction with Surge had me in tears. Thanks and may the force be with you uh, for people who have not yet read the light of the Jedi Briaga. Wookiee Jedi has a couple great scenes, but uh, the one that Michael is referencing in particular, an extremely emotional and really interesting scene of Briaga, the Wookiee Jedi. Uh, Ken, for you, who are your favorites so far? So I'm going to take Porter Ingle and put him on a shelf because I've talked about Porter, Porter Ingle a lot, a 300-year-old uh, Jedi, not ready to retire, but also ready to learn some new stew recipes. Uh, love, I really love that character. Uh, and the nice thing about the high Republic, we're two, three books in some comics. There's already a lot of choices, Joseph. So I'm not going to just run through a giant list. I do love Avar Chris. I really think she's a superstar Jedi. It's going to be the center of this. I, I really love Elzar man as well. And there's something like early and before Porter Ingle was introduced in light of the Jedi Elzar man. There's just some things about him uh, considered unorthodox and controversial in some circles, but just there was some him just like trying to figure out the best way uh, to move the force forward or to try new tricks. And was considered a tinkerer. I don't know. There's just something about that. It was a different than just like, I don't, I don't like these rules. It was just like, all right, no, I get all of this. How can we improve what we do or make it easier or try? I just something about that spirit of him. I liked, so I'll say him. And then Vernesta Roy uh, Rowe from um, uh, Justine Ireland's. I'm just so rooting for that character. This 16 year old prodigy Jedi putting in a position of power now with a Padawan. And there's something I just really moved and, and, you can always take lessons from characters and apply them to your own life. And there's some lessons uh, in there, particularly the unveiling of the light whip. If you haven't read it, uh, we won't go into it too much there. Um, but also at the same time, I'm just rooting for the character just from afar, from watching this character story. I, was, I really like that Jedi uh, and, a, and a good take. A young Jedi in an era where there's thousands of them. What's that perspective? Yeah, yeah. These are all really, really uh, great picks. Um I think maybe the the my favorite in a way is all of them because they're haven't they've all been successful in sort of being delineated from one another and being interesting. Um mm -hmm. I would describe Elzar Man as a future favorite because we got a little bit of him in Light of the Jedi, but I'm so excited to see where he's going. I loved in particular uh that idea that he wants to climb up the ranks, not to climb up the ranks, but just because I want to study the force. <laughs> mm -hmm. And when you're at a higher rank it's basically like, you know, you get study time that you don't have when you're a Jedi Knight on assignment. Yeah. <laughs> and I want to I want more study time to play with the force and find out, you know, what different ways we can approach it. That's such a great idea. And I feel like such a hint as to where his story is going. Yeah. Um, I will be up there with you putting Porter Angle in the, the Hall of Fame, the mm. Blade of Ardata, his story in Light of the Jedi. It's one of the, uh, the mm -hmm. kind of almost little run in the background stories, but one of the most powerful Um 
really enjoying in the main High Republic comic, uh, Secure, uh, Secure, Skier, um, the Trandosian Jedi, whose name I need to clearly learn to pronounce. Yeah, great stuff going on there. But I think for me, my my top two. Uh, I agree with you on Vernestra Rowe. Uh, we talked a lot on our uh, Test of Courage review. 16-year-old prodigy who, uh, I just love that perspective that you learn early on in that book of like, I am I am really uh, talented and uh, confident and I've got a lot of support uh, so, and I've worked hard for my success, but I know it's also been luck and I'm just going to go out there and do my best. I love steadfast characters who are starting from a good place in their mm-hmm. conflict is they have something to lose. They could fall from this good place that they're starting in and mm-hmm. giving extra attention. The fact that she's 16 and heading into a time of like of great crisis makes her a really interesting character of can she remain as, as steadfast and great as she is. Mm-hmm. Um, and then my other favorite is a uh, Loden great storm. Yeah. Um, Twi'lek, one of the main characters from light of the Jedi, I really love that he he feels like this very solid Jedi where he is clearly very powerful. He's clearly very clear on when he should take action, when the force must be used. But he's also very careful about, but how can I use it in a way that is empathetic? And like, if somebody needs to be stopped, how can I stop them without really hurting them? Uh, just such a great vision of how to use power. But then his relationship with uh, his Padawan, Bell, is just it's so fun and so playful and so human. And he's this great picture of what's so cool about the Jedi is they can be these uh, mystical warriors who are concerned with uh, how do I balance the responsibility of power with the necessity of using power. But then he's also like this playful father figure who has a sense of humor and like uh, Stu and, and mm-hmm. Charhounds, you know? Mm-hmm. Bell's Eddie Vars are them too. I'll tell you what, I'm just so been blown away already by the air because I, on on record here in Force Center, just like when the got announced, like okay, I'm excited. I don't know, a bunch of Jedi run around doesn't appeal to me as much as I would think. It's just they're did such a good job of just making every character represent a part of the Jedi Order or question the Jedi Order or a new thing to learn, and just individual characters. And, and I'm I shouldn't be surprised; these are talented authors and, and people behind the story. But just for me as a fan, I've just continued. Uh, I find myself being rewarded and and pleasantly, wonderfully surprised. Yeah, exactly. Uh, pretty soon here, we're going to be digging into into the dark, and it's been mm-hmm. so great to have just loved this era, love these characters so much that I'm really excited to dig into that. Yeah. So, uh, great questions. Thank you, Michael, Simon, Alejo, and Christopher. And Ken, that's it for the questions. Yeah, and that's it for us today on this episode. You can find us on Twitter at Force Center Pod. Uh, you can uh, find us on Instagram and YouTube as well. Facebook pages, Force Center Podcast, podcasts available in a lot of spots wherever you're listening right now and other places like Anchor, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, and now Amazon Music. Merch available at tpublic.com slash user slash Force Center. Get that Speculate Responsibly t-shirt and show your friends you do want Aiden in Star Wars. You're mm-hmm. just being cautious uh, and support us directly at patreon.com slash force center. Always excited for new patrons. We've had a few in the last few days and weeks, and we really appreciate that. You can go to uh or follow me at cadnapsock. We always like to highlight charities close to our hearts or things we uh, are putting our names behind as individuals. And uh, for me right now, St. Baldrick's.org, a great organization been highlighting on and off over at the Good People Association, uh, a great organization that's helping to fight childhood cancers. You can donate directly and uh, go to St. Baldrick's.org for more information. Joseph. 
Yeah, you can uh, follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Joseph Scrimshaw, and you can visit my website, josephscrimshaw.com, uh, for all my other comedy adventures, uh, my other podcast, Obsessed, uh, some comedy albums, and uh, future online shows uh, for myself. Uh, well, one thing I meant to say a little bit earlier is just a reminder of if you uh, want to ask questions on social media, Twitter is the best place to do that. We have a, uh, our pin tweet is a call for questions. So if you have a fun question, a serious question, a silly question, uh, feel free to ask it right there. And then uh, for things that we uh, support, uh, I will shout out again uh, the service ResistBot. Uh, you can text. I think you can use it through tweet. Uh, you can use it lots of different ways to just very quickly on your phone uh, send a message uh, to your representatives, letting them know what you want. I think it is a, it is a personal uh, opinion and perspective of mine that it is important to remember, even though sometimes we don't feel super powerful, we all do have power. Sometimes it's a tiny sliver of power that only really uh, becomes truly powerful when we combine our little sliver of power with other people's slivers of power. And I try to remind myself that uh, I think that we should be participants of history, not just observers of history. So even though it doesn't feel like everything, I try to take the time, if I feel strongly about something, to uh, reach out to my representatives and, and add my little voice, my little sliver of power. And ResistBot is just such a great, straightforward, fast way to do that that I really like to recommend it. Great way indeed, and uh, appreciate uh, working with you, Joseph, over all these years. We're still going strong, and it's been just a rewarding experience. And on these uh, episodes where we have to dig in a little deeper and get into the real-world stuff, I just want to say I always feel safe and secure with you in the uh, pilot seat with me, uh, you and Jennifer, too. So always a lot of fun, and hope all of you listeners um, uh, just, uh, uh, you know, so who support Four Center over the years. Just appreciate uh, uh, everything going on. You make our community strong, and thank you so much. Uh, I echo the same, Ken. It is great to do this with you and to celebrate the things, uh, you know, in, in Star Wars and in real world that you and I are always simpatico on. And then I've always learned uh, different things uh, in different perspectives from you, too, and always feel uh, safe doing it as well. So thank you so much for that. What Joseph means is he didn't love the Y-Wing as much. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's it for this week. Four Center 298 in the books. We'll see you later in the week for 299 and the countdown to 300 and the party streamers. We'll see you soon. This was Four Center. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. 
And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com/upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.